Happy New Year. Welcome, Liz. Hey, Olivia. Hey, listeners. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to Women, Magic, and Power. Thanks so much for listening. We have a new guest for you today. We have Carol Selinski, who's a psychic medium. She came to us through Lori, who we interviewed in season one. And she is funny and has great stories. She really does. Not only is she a psychic medium, she's been working in the film and video production industry for over 30 years. She's got her own studio mm-hmm. and she's just badass. Super badass. So enjoy. Hi, Carol. Hi, how are you? Hey, Carol. So glad that you could join us. Well, thanks for having me. We're doing this remote. Where are you, Carol? Physically. I'm in I'm in Rochester, New York. Next time you'll have to stop in to say hello. So, Carol, um, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how you grew up. Like, what was family life like? Born and raised in Rochester. We lived in the city. I'm the baby of five. Hmm. Uh, my, yep. And the oldest is 20 years older than I am. Oh, wow. So it, it was interesting that there were the three boys and then the two girls came along and you know, all hell broke loose. <laughs> Actually, the boys were worse, but I'm just... How far apart are you from your sister? 17 months. Oh, okay. Oh, She's right. one of my so... biggest supporters. All right. I was oh. just wondering if you were, since there's like such a big gap between your older brother and you, if you were like a last minute surprise, but sounds like your sister was right there with you. So no. <laughs> Well, I think I think I was the surprise. Yes. They always said I was the surprise. And I'm like, yeah, okay. is it really a surprise? I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't had kids. So is it really a surprise? Um, I don't know. In the house, it was just Mare and I. Uh, brothers had been out uh, long before. I grew up understanding that my mother and my grandmother were very intuitive. Hmm. And I, I didn't realize when I was young, I, I was intuitive. I just slept with my parents till I was 11 years old because I was afraid of the dark. Uh, we went to Catholic school, went to Holy Rosary, and my father worked for himself, did uh, window displays for McCurdy's back in the day. Wow. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. And now my sister actually does that for her store in Massadon, which is wonderful to see the talent pass from dad to, to daughter like that. And that's such so, a specific thing to do, right? It's not like a yes. general. So it is a beautiful thing to see it pass down and not die off. Dad did national and international, he won national and international wow. competitions for uh, doing a window displays. Ask you a little bit more about that you didn't know at the time that your mother and your grandmother were intuitive and what gave you the clues? And since you grew up Catholic, did that create any conflicts in any way, or maybe it didn't? We're Italian and Polish, so the Catholicism was so important. But my mom and dad were not practicing Catholics. And we went for Easter, which is one of the greatest Polish traditions to have your food blessed. And so mom and grandmother, you know, they didn't talk about being intuitive because if you heard a voice, you were locked up pretty quick and you you couldn't talk about it. So mom would always know when someone was calling, you know, the the phone would ring and she goes, "Uh, you know, that's John calling or that's somebody, you know. But I didn't really realize I was intuitive until I got into my teens. I We were able to talk about it, you know, oh, in our good. house. But yeah. I wouldn't go to school and say, hey, I can talk to spirit. 
that that wasn't going to happen in Catholic school. You were already running from the nuns, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I was scared to death of the dark, so afraid yeah. of the dark. When you started to realize this, how does that conversation go, right? You said you could talk about it in your house. Mm-hmm. Did you introduce the topic or your mom knew what was going on? Or Mom mentioned grandma and her being intuitive, but we never talked about me or the rest of the family having uh, all the siblings have a little bit of intuitiveness. I'm the one that practices to speak to spirit. Hmm. Not only have they survived to be intuitive and we get through our life to survive, it's part of your tools that you've been given that you were born with. I, I think I figured it out on my own because when I was growing up, Montel Williams had uh, Sylvia Brown on. So I was more out there looking and researching and being a part of it than I was including my mom. I, besides being afraid of the dark, I'd do seances as I got into my teens. And, and now I look back and I go, oh, when I asked them to blow out the candle and it went out, oh, was that, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. When I was in, a, in my teens, I ended up having what I believe an angel visit me, okay. which was Uh, interesting because I was screaming so loud. You know, someone's beside you holding, you know, holding you down. And I look over and I see the gold rope. It it took me a long time to realize that it was an angel later on as I got older, but I, I was screaming so loud, but nothing was coming out of my mouth, but I missed a message. I believe. Hmm. So I then understood or knew that, you know, as I got into my 20s that I needed to do this because it was so obvious in daily life, talking with people and feeling their pain or feeling some sort of message that you had to tell them. How did you balance that? You're having these experiences at home. You're afraid of the dark. You know that you can't go to school and talk about it. Would you pass along any of the messages to any of the people that you knew or you just kept it in until you're 20? I never passed on messages to anyone. If I did, I didn't realize it. Mm. We might have been able to talk a little bit in our home about something like that, but it was never like, hey, Kara, let's encourage you to do that. Or it wasn't, oh, don't talk like that. They just, it was just there. Mm. It was like, that makes sense. Yeah, you had to figure it out on your own. Right. I had to figure it all out on my own. Yeah. So how did you get to a place in your 20s where you started to integrate this into your life in a more public way and a a more proactive kind of way? It got really interesting when I got into my 20s. At the age of 19, my sister and I bought our first house together. And we started learning for ourselves and teaching ourselves things. And the more I watched a Sylvia Brown, I started to notice that, oh, you know, the person I'm sitting next to, I was hearing stuff in my head. Mother wants to say hello. Mother is thankful. Mother wants to say thank you to this individual who took care of her. And so I would start to kind of test that out. So as I'm testing all those types of things out, I'm learning, you know, one, Um, I should ask somebody if they want a reading. And two, (laughs) not everybody believes, you know, and some people are really freaked out about it. It took me a long time to realize that it's not my job to always do that. Although I want to help. I always say I was born into servantry, right? Yeah. And that Mm -hmm. I was to serve this, right? We all are in in a way, but. Would you say that you, the way that you communicate with spirit is by hearing what they're saying? It's not images or is it a mix of images or is it a feeling? 
is it, which way did it start presenting itself? So I would say I, I would be in a crowd of, you know, maybe a theater and I'd say that guy's going to get up and, oh, he's going to trip. And sure enough, he'll trip. Started to dawn on me that maybe I had that ability to see something, a future or something happen before it mm -hmm. happened. Again, I went back to, oh, the phone would ring and I'd get a feeling it is, you know, my sister calling me out of the blue. So all of a sudden, all those types of little things added up. And then I started testing them on friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say, so your grandmother wants to talk to you. She wants to say hello. She's showing me she got hit by a train. And I go, oh my God, is that how she died? And my friend <laughs> said, no, but she did get hit by a train. And I'm like, this really is working. Maybe there is something here, you know? Yeah. It still intrigues me where information comes from and what truly your mission is on earth. I think being a psychic medium is probably, for me, the, the last lifetime here on earth because mm. mm. I don't think I can top this coming back. I don't know. Well, maybe you'll do it over and over because we need you guys. <laughs> yeah. Are you able to shut it down? Are you able to say, not now, leave me in peace? It took a long time actually to figure out how to shut it down because, you know, I'd go to bed and all of a sudden I'd have uh, my poor wife. <laughs> I would say, oh God, honey, Julia's here at the end of the bed. And she wants to know some things. And she'd go, tell Julie to leave our bedroom. I go, Julie, you got to leave the bedroom. You <laughs> honey, there's three women here now. She'd go, oh my God. Gosh, Carol, I can't handle it. And I said, so, so like I have to figure out how to shut it down. Oh, so, you know, <laughs> and have a lot of living um, individuals who know how to do astral travel or don't even realize that you're traveling an incredible, you know, just to have people stop in because my light is on. So I'd have to learn how to turn the light off. And yeah. I'd say, oh my gosh, turn the light off so I can go to sleep. It goes back to those days of when I was younger and they would come and talk to me. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't talk. I'm, a, I'm, 10, I'm 10, 11 years old. I, I can't be scared. Yeah. It's kind of fun to look back at that and realize that I, I probably could have had a better handle on it had I had someone teaching or being that mentor. But at the same time, um, maybe it was better I didn't have it. You know, I always believe that sometimes there's a purpose. It's not easy to say like, oh, I'm just going to find a mentor for being a psychic. Mostly because of the way that we live and, you mm -hmm. know, the way that the world runs for real, right, right? not right. like a, a scam kind of thing. Right. I've been asked by parents to talk to their children, to have ethics mm -hmm. and, and yeah. to respect. You're not God and you should not be speaking of anyone's death. I don't believe in that. And your mission is to get people to the next levels in their lives. And that's what you've been, that's your responsibility. So you are in your 20s, mm -hmm. you're figuring it out, you're trying it out with your friends. One thing I'm learning, you know, when a voice, this is what bothers me about the 1800s and the women that were locked up, mm -hmm. you really do hear a voice. You know, it's kind of like you're in a store and you're trying to make a dish decision and you're talking in your head. Do I want the blue or do I want the, the red? All of a sudden you might hear a name, John or Joe. Okay, John and Joe, what do you need? And they'll, you know, tap the person next to you. So I look down, this person is next to me. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I don't do that anymore. You start to listen a little better. You start to focus. And the more energy, the more words come 
through clearer. And so you grow your aura even bigger. You grow your energy to stay high. We always say nothing but the highest and the best. So you Mm -hmm. have to stay. That frequency has to be one of the higher numbers. That white noise is is transferring words back and forth. It's kind of like you're the antenna. The higher the frequency, the more energy you have to be able to produce a word. I hear one word Mm. at a time. So that took me a long time to start feeling. I wanted to feel the emotion of that one word. Mm. Sometimes actually hearing the spirit speak to me, I'm actually start to tear up because the emotion is so deep and so important that I'm explaining it. I, I get wrapped up into it. You just start to kind of focus in your head so you can hear these words, if that makes sense any sense it does it does it does it It sounds like it was a a learning curve finding the method that works for you to have a better communication Mm -hmm. right and then once you have the method then the the spirit has to learn it too that's right that's right the spirit is learning it on the other side the next step is confidence crucial Yes. One of the things that we all have to learn is your confidence has to be really important. It's the same as using your gut instinct. So, you know, your five senses all work with you during the course of the day. Sometimes you have to listen to your gut instinct that tells you not to get on that airplane or not to go into that building today. And even if nothing happened to you, that's what you use. You use your gut instinct you listen. So how did you start gaining confidence? Now I, I kind of go, I see Benjamin's being counted in your hand. Um, you're going to sell your house for cash. And they'll look at me and go, nah, I'm not. You go, <laughs> yeah, you are. So usually about a year or two years later, guy calls me back up and said, we sold our house. Yeah, you did. And you won't believe this. Okay. He says, uh, I put my hand out and he counted the Benjamins in my hand. I went, oh. (laughs) I always, I have a, I call it a spiel. I make sure that everybody understands that this information doesn't necessarily happen right now. It could happen two years. Usually I'm a two-year type of message sender, whereas within these two years, these these things happen. And I know you can fight me on it, but you you thought you were in your dream home, but no, you weren't. Mm. So that confidence, I think I'm going on 16 years doing this professionally. You just gain it. It's kind of like, you know, the painter knows how to tape and paint, right? It's <laughs> and the psychic knows, right, it's practice. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Everything in life is practice. Figured I had to prove myself throughout my lifetime. What's the ultimate proof? Proving yourself happens every day. So why not just do it? I think it's so interesting that your messages have this kind of consistent time frame, this two-year window. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't even (laughs) explain to you. I tell everyone, I'm just as intrigued. I I, I don't know where, I know where it comes from because it comes from the universe. But that's the questionable thing. Really? It was that simple just to say that and then have it come true for the person who really needed it to come true, by the way. I mean, to change their life and everything was so important, you know, or having something change your life. So you said you've been doing this professionally for almost around 16 years. Before that, what were you doing? How did you get to the point where you're like, I can't ignore this anymore and I need to work for this professionally? I've been about 30, 33 years in the film and video industry. I'm as a okay. producer and a production manager, coordinator, a casting agent, casting director, studio owner. I, I, I do it all in the industry, in the film and video industry. And I started to realize that 
you know, you start to get wrapped up into greed. Mm. You start to work with individuals who they're not saving lives. They're not making someone feel better. They're not doing anything but improving upon their own lives with lots of money that goes across the table, um, that they're looking for their ego to get bigger. I, I realized that there was something wrong. And so I started doing the uh, readings on the weekends and evenings, even though I was still working in the industry, which was, you know, for a female in the film and video industry, I was on top of the food chain and I I still am, but it's just not that place that gave you any reward anymore. Although I want to, you know, mix in a documentary about my life, but mostly the stories of the wonderful people I meet on the other side, which are some of the best people that I've ever met. The reward you know, wasn't there anymore. And I think it's because you were looking for a different type of reward, meaning you were more in touch with spirit and not with the ego, right? Because the reward is still there for those that are looking for a monetary reward. But I'd say a lot of our guests are very spiritual and there is a lot of this whole realization of if I am based on my ego, I cannot for the lack of a better word, serve my spirituality. Mm -hmm. And so I need to turn. And a lot of these people that we've spoken with also is that, you know, once they make that shift, the serving of their own spirituality becomes a way for them to share with and serve others, Mm -hmm. right? And help others find their path or make a change or... Yeah, a purpose. Yeah, move with a different kind of purpose or a higher purpose. It's weird. One day I was talking to my friend. We have an organization called the RAF, which is Rochester's Association. I've been in the industry long enough to have done so many projects from the United Way to Eastman Kodak, all the big names, Xerox. What happens is every year they send out all the work that's been done in Rochester on the advertising level, all the print work, videos, commercials, industrials. Another city judges them. And then we have a big party and awards and they have books made. And so one of the talent agencies called me and said, uh, congratulations, because last night at the awards, you worked on six of the award-winning projects. And I said, oh, that's awesome. That great accomplishment for Carol. And then realized when I got the book, my name was never in it, nor did I get a name mention when everybody accepted their awards. Mm. And so when I'm talking to my friend, Bob, Bob, I just realized something because I had talked about the awards night. I said, I just realized that my Google reviews as a psychic medium are my awards. And I did it Mm -hmm. on my own. I didn't have a Carol. Carol did it all by herself. And those awards are so important to me. I had a hate letter from a California church. (laughs) Yeah. In all those reviews, it's so good to know that I actually did something to help someone through something than to be a producer who was not recognized by her talents. Also to what I've done to be accomplishable and to get people through the roughest times in the industry, let alone save somebody's life. Mm -hmm. There was no going. So I I do less in the industry and doing more in my mission. It's interesting how that came together. I tell everyone when I read for them that why don't you allow the epiphany to happen? Mm. Trust me, something will happen. Tomorrow's going to be a different day for you. 
Yeah. So basically it organically started happening because you felt more reward connecting more with that, right? You were paying attention to the fact that helping these people was, I guess that's the thing, the feeling, right? You felt like this was right. This was the path. And so that's what you've been doing. Right. I do stepped up my game, stepped it up to say, well, if I have to work in the industry, I'm going to pick and choose now what I want to do. Smart. Mm-hmm. Whereas being as that psychic medium that or that life coach actually too, that that's more important to be able to always be having consistency as that person is so important so that, that I, you know, that's my loyalty. Did you ever had a situation where you gave information about like, listen, you're going to be in an accident or you're going to, I see you dying. I don't know. Did you ever go that far with information and then realize no. that's too far? Is that how you learn it? Or you intuitively decide that's not okay? Well, for instance, I was doing readings for Seneca Niagara casinos that would read for their high rollers as a thank you for their patronage, so to speak. The one lady came in and I said, you don't have to be nervous. I don't talk about really anything bad. And she said, well, the last psychic I went to, she told me my son was going to die. First of all, Mm. shame on her because one, we're all going to die. And two, just keep in mind, she's not God. That should never have been said to you. Mm -hmm. She's not in charge. Yeah. So I've had too much of that happen. But when I give you a message, it's more or less, listen, don't take that other job because you're not going to like it. (laughs) Once I told the lady, do not date Craig. I don't know. I just (laughs) don't date a Craig. Okay. I'm just telling you. So about a year later, I think it was. She goes, oh my God, everything you said came true and you were right. I shouldn't have dated that Craig. (laughs) Why would you not listen? You know what I realized though? It's so funny. I'll be in the store and I'll go, Carol, get the the blue one. Nope, I'm going to get the red one. So I come home and go, darn it. Why didn't I listen to myself? I should have gotten the blue one. I do that a lot. You know, you, you tell everybody else to listen and all of a sudden you're the one, it, you, you're the psychic medium and you still don't listen to yourself. It's, just... it's interesting because you said that you don't have an answer for it. But for me, it's funny that you're able to see within two years these yeah. choices in a way. But it's interesting how, I guess, our soul journey, because there is no time, is happening at everywhere everything all at once, whatever the name yes, of the movie yes. was, I can kind of intuitively know that your choices, your soul is already telling me, don't choose what I chose. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's not beating around the bush of a message, but it's kind of like, hey, do you really need to go to the store at six o'clock in the morning? No, I don't think so. When you go to the store, go at 10 a.m. You know, <laughs> you just come up creatively with something that says, hey, pay attention. In my spiel, I say I'm I'm not a doctor mm-hmm. and I don't diagnose. But if you want to talk about health, we can. You know, you never tell the universe what what you worry about. You tell the universe about how great it is today and today can only get better. And tomorrow's going to be the greatest day, right? Or today is the greatest day. How do you tap the greatest yeah. day? So yeah. we try to keep ourselves from not manifesting the bad is what we're, we're trying to do. Let's manifest the good. And, and it's so easy for the head to go the negative way, right? Mm, we're so trained mm. to worry. So for sure, right. it's a practice again, that word. 
practicing the greatest day instead of all the things that can go wrong. Um, I want to know what patterns did you have to break to tap into all of this? Because right. I'm going to bring us back to the storyline here. Sure. But, mm-hmm. but I want to know what challenges you faced and how this helped you get through them. Right. Well, or anything else for that matter. Being in um, the film and video industry, your the demand on you is huge because everything that comes across your desk, you're responsible for and problem solving in a quick way. So trying to get the psychic medium in there, one day I decided I wanted a studio and I felt that if I had purchased a building, I could do in multiple of things with it. I could also have shows. I'd love to have an audience to work with. And then I could also work in the industry. Wow, I, I didn't even really realize that after I just said that out loud. There was a lot going on during the course of all of that. And at the time, I was I was taking care of my mom um, with dementia, and I had just met my wife. So all of that was still going on, mm-hmm. too. Mom passed away, and then I purchased the building, started having shows, and that was great. And then what would happen is the money portion of having to work for a living would always be there. So I'd be working 17-hour days you know, for weeks on end. I had to figure out how to do my psychic medium stuff and not allow the industry to take all that time. Mm-hmm. So um, what I did was I stopped, you know, this is still fresh. I, I stopped accepting jobs. I did more with the studio. So I live above my studio and then the psychic medium business I did at night. Keeping busy. Yes. That kept me on the straight and narrow to keep everybody, you know, everything in line. But the demand of the industry is bigger than the demand of talking to someone on the other side. That's for sure. <laughs> sure. So I have a question about your wife. You mentioned that you were meeting as you were sort of transitioning into doing this professionally. Mm-hmm. So did she know from the get-go that this is what was happening? I was going to ask the same. <laughs> Obviously, she knows about the spirits at the foot of the bed, but yeah, what was from the get go. Yeah, what was her take on all of it? Oh gosh, she was really excited in the beginning, and now I think it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, you can do that, honey. What are you so surprised about? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but so she knew from the beginning. You you were already meeting people officially as a psychic medium. It, it was not something that she didn't know about until later. Right. When I met her, I, I did read for her and I did read for her friend. And her friend mm-hmm. was the one that had the grandmother that got hit by a train. And I was, oh. I think that's, that started to really say to me, I, I, I need to do this. So she was good support. To, to get me going. and Did you meet her and feel this is the one? Was there like an intuition there too? Or do you not get that information for yourself? Um, I, I kind of knew this, that, that she was going to be my forever. Yeah. Mm. I met her in one of the oldest gay bars in Rochester. The rest is history. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. We, it's nice. You know, at times I add too much to our plate, mm. but She's always looking out for me and really great sounding board. I don't listen to her all the time, but that's okay. Well, you I don't, don't even, listen to myself exactly. either. Remember, I don't listen to myself either. We're, we're uncovering some patterns. Oh, God, I got to break my patterns. What's wrong with me? 
Just listen, Carol. Just, just listen. <laughs> so, Carol, oh, um, if it's okay with you, would you mind telling us a little bit about your sexuality and your journey with that? Was that something that was very clear for you from the get-go, or was this a discovery that came later on? It took a while to understand it. Again, here's another thing. Again, my parents weren't practicing religion, but certainly um, the rest of the world was, and mm -hmm. and the rest of the world also at that time back in the 80s my wife went through a, a terrible time she was born in the 70s and you know even right down to her family not agreeing uh, my siblings were fine with it my parents were already uh, passed away by the time we we got married but yeah it was an interesting again self-discovery and learning about who you are and teaching yourself a path which is something we're, we're not taught we're not taught to get to a point in our lives that you have to make a decision that betters your whole future so key what you just said right betters your whole future because it's so tough to be yourself when you're everything around you all the examples are just be like everybody else it's Clearly yeah. not for your better future if you're not able to be who you are. Yeah, and that, that took a lot. And, and to get to know who you are, right? Because that's the key part of it, too. Yeah, you, where I am today is to know me. It's not about everybody else knowing me as much as it is about me knowing me. Uh -huh. It took me a long time to also understand as I'm, these readings and life coaching is the same for myself. I have to learn, too. Every reading I do, I learn. And one day I had realized that this took me a while, I guess I'm in my fifties. Religion is really you itself. It's belief in self, faith in self. And to be godlike is to treat people as you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be what 20 other people in the room want you to be. It's what you want to be and how you want to live and get through life. So I have to remind individuals that that's part of my journey of figuring out spirituality, yeah, right? For sure. Um, I was, so I took care of my niece for a, a little while and um, I had gone to a youth rally mm -hmm. and this one speaker got up on stage. And I remember at that point, I was really at a turning point in my life that I, I was taking care of my mom, my niece, a roommate her child and getting through different things in my own life. I was starting a new career and these are in my twenties. And I just heard this man speak and at these rallies, they want you to get up out of your seat, go to the aisle and, uh, and kneel. And so, and then we could go and pray with you. And, and I, for some reason, whatever he said to me moved me. So I, moved into the aisle and I kneeled and I realized that I, I couldn't be in control of my life and everybody else's life. I had to allow things to, to happen. So I decided that that was where I took the word struggle out of my life anymore. It's not about struggling in life as much as it is seeing a clearer path in our lives that, okay, today's not a good day. We don't have to struggle over it. Let's just problem solve it, figure out how I can make it better or how I can fix it and how I can have conversations that guide us in um, a positive light than to always be stuck. And that's something that happens. My main readings are females, 40s to 60s. Hmm. And the first thing they say to me is I'm stuck and I'm lost. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, you know, we're, we're not stuck and we're not lost. We're reinventing ourselves. 
And that's what I did. I reinvented myself. I wanted to be the person that understands what's going on around you, adapting and accepting what you have to do. Then I start life coaching in this reading, or it's not even life coaching at that point. It's a support. And it's about getting that person to the next level of awareness and not the struggle and not the negativity that we actually been taught negativity than we have anything else. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think that's probably what makes the difference between you and other mediums giving information. This thing that you're talking about giving support, it feels that it comes from such a loving space. It doesn't feel like a regular reading, come in, I'll tell you what I hear. You put it together and let me know goodbye. It feels more caring. You are trying to fulfill a higher purpose of give you the support while you're feeling lost and stuck. So that you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? What's that element of connection? Yes. And sometimes individuals already feel it as we're talking, which means that they're changing right then and there and realizing, wow, I I never looked at it that way. I say to a lot of, of females, once you start this, there's no going back. That must be so fulfilling. Yeah. You know? It really is because... I think a lot of us end up in that spot where we don't know what's going to happen or what we're going to do. And to hear somebody give you the okay, it's okay to feel this way, but now it's even a better feeling when you start to really work at it and accomplish this wonderful feeling of good. No no struggle, no stuck, no loss. You're the snowball rolling down the hill, right? And you start the process and like you give the push and... There it goes. Yeah, and and for those that really uh, grab hold, there's just some great success stories out there. So, Carol, do you do group readings? Let's tell our readers, I mean, our listeners, listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's tell our listeners if you do group readings. I mean, clearly you can do them remotely, right? You're here set up on a computer, so a phone, I'm sure, if anyone does not want to do Zoom. Yes, um, I can do readings over the phone um, or on Zoom, um, and I do 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 do. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Do <laughs> <laughs> do. Uh, <I laughs> um, yes, I named the company A Spirit Gathering because one lady said to me once, "So what do I call this gathering? This group that I'm putting together at my house? You just don't say, isn't it? Doesn't it sound awful when you just say psychic? You know." Isn't it cold when I say psychic party or whatever? And I go, yeah, yeah, you got a point there. Okay, let's call it a spirit gathering. So we're going to gather spirit, right? Yeah, I do groups. I do it in the office at the studio, uh, which is great because they have the kitchen area. You can bring your party with you, the beverages, uh, food. And then we go into the studio and we sit in a circle. Or I can do private readings too. Or we sit at the fireplace. I light a fire and we we, we have a, a wonderful evening. So, that sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's we need, we need to we need to drive to Rochester and have a, and have a spirit gathering. That yes. sounds amazing. I would love yes, that. Please. Why not? Let's do it. Let's get Lori to pull some yeah. people together and good night of it. Yeah. January, here we come. <laughs> okay, I'll say, listen. Um, Carol. When do you feel the most powerful? 
sometimes I feel the most powerful when I get up on stage um, because I that's when I have a lot of confidence. And sometimes that 3.30 appointment that comes in is usually when I'm like ready to rock and roll. Sometimes three o'clock in the morning too, though. Carol, do you sleep? <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't. Sometimes it's only six hours, oh if that. Now I'm very behind in my emails. I'm still in 2021's email. Oh, that is behind. How did you get our email? It's a miracle. How did you get in there? Honestly, uh, you hunted me down, which was nice. Um, Lori kept calling me. And somebody, no, no, everybody was talking to my brother, John, because nobody has my phone. Nobody has my phone number. Mm. You can only get an appointment via email. Four to six new people per day. I believe that. This is just for appointments. And so um, I'm so thrilled that we made it in the door. Really. (laughs) Thank you so much, girl. I'm honored. But I, uh, I mean it though. I'm going to tell Laurie to get a gathering together because it sounds like if we send an email, we won't hear from you for the next two years. years, There's my two years again. See that? (laughs) Two years. That's right. Oh, yes. But I have the phone number. Oh, we won't give it to him. We won't abuse it. No. I forgot I gave you my phone number. We won't use it. We won't use it. Oh no. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, no. With great power comes great responsibility. So (laughs) I get to this uh, point where I go, Am I what? I don't even know what day it is sometimes. Yeah. I I can understand if you're barely sleeping. How could you know? It's so, uh, it's so crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for making the time to do this. We really do appreciate yeah, it. And oh, it was so lovely to talk with you. Uh, that was a, it was my, my pleasure. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, no, this is great. I really am honored that you asked me and I am so proud of you too. I listened to some of your, um, podcasts oh. and stuff. And I think what's wonderful is, um, that you enjoy that that feeling that someone's power and magic right are 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 shared with the with the world because we need each other we need to support each other and we need to know that there's others that think the way we do or (laughs) do things the way we do i love that thank you thank you i do think that it's important to share that and i do think it's also important to this is what I like about what we do, that we show people different tools to, you know, I usually, we've talked about this, I usually use the word tools, resources is for other people, but to know that, yes, you're feeling stuck, you're feeling that you're not like yourself and you don't know what's next. And it's good to know, hey, I can email Carol and in two years, she'll call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh my gosh. Oh, don't hold me to that. Don't hold me to the two years anymore. That's right. It might be three. We don't know. I'm kidding. But it it just, it it allows people to realize and remember that there are a million different tools that are out there that you can use, right? There's all these resources. There's so many paths you can walk and whatever resonates with you is the one that you should use. Yes, exactly. We we want them to have them available. I think there's this thing where we're needing more authenticity and being in touch with our own selves. And so you, people like you, help us get there. 
Right. And so that's why I think it mattered. Well, you know, depending on our age, you only know about the religions that your parents give you. And so all of a sudden you're Mm -hmm. at church or maybe you're not at church, but, um, you know, we have to understand that some of the things that your parents survived and got through was part of the tools that you learned. Now, I don't agree that the way mom and dad lives is the way you need to live, but to improve upon the greatness of them, to to pull all that great stuff out and then create it better in your heart and soul, and I think is what our missions really truly are in, in life is to become a person that achieves and, and does things for others. I love that. Thanks, Carol. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. Thanks for this having great. me. We'll be in touch. All right, you be in touch. Join us next week when we speak with Spark Collective founder and life coach Heather Vickery. Enjoying what you're listening to? You can follow Women, Magic, and Power wherever you listen to your podcast and find out every time a new episode comes out. 